We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Today we are going to be doing our deep dive of Colby Wooden, the defensive tackle out of the University of Auburn. Not to be confused with Corey Wooten, who is a former defensive lineman for the Chicago Bears, who sounds very similar, but is in fact two totally different people. We're going to be going over Colby Wooden today. So 6'4, 273 pound defensive lineman out of Auburn, as I mentioned. Redshirt junior, only 22 years old, which is important. And we're going to get to more on that in just a moment. Turns 23 in December. In 2020, this was somebody when he was a redshirt freshman that was sort of expected to be the next big defensive lineman out of Auburn. He was on the SEC all freshman team. And in his freshman season, even though it was a redshirt freshman season, he led Auburn in tackles for loss led them in sacks. And as mentioned, this was somebody that was bandied about as a potential future first round pick. Talked about a little bit with Ben Fennel and Tony Pauline. His career sort of plateaued. Auburn sort of plateaued. It just sort of happened. But at one time, this was expected to be the next big defensive tackle out of Auburn or defensive lineman in general out of Auburn. Just didn't totally progress that way. And he ultimately goes in the fourth round to your Green Bay Packers. 
Statistically, in his career, he had 152 sack or that'd be amazing. 152 tackles, 30 tackles for loss, 15 sacks, three forced fumbles, and six pass knockdowns. 101 total pressures in his career per PFF. That's in 1,056 pass rush attempts. So basically, one pressure every 10.5 pass rushes. In 2022, he had his best season statistically, 45 tackles, 11.5 tackles for loss, six sacks, three forced fumbles, and three pass knockdowns. So a very, very nice way to end his career with a solid season statistically this past year in Auburn. From an athletic standpoint, this will not surprise you. He tested incredibly well, 9.25 relative athletic score, didn't do the vertical jump, a little bit undersized, 273 pounds for a defensive tackle, only 23 bench reps, but overall tested through the roof, 4.7940 yard dash, which was in the 98th percentile for the position and 95% broad jump. Uh, he, like I said, tested through the roof in everything that he tested in and has a very high overall athleticism that he brings to the table. His athletic comps are not ones that I'm a fan of for how they turned out, but I think they're fair comps based on just, you know, kind of his athletic profile. RES had Henry Melton, the former defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears. Henry Melton came on very strong at the beginning of his career, sort of plateaued, as it sounded a little bit familiar with, uh, you know, what Wooden did at Auburn, but uh, sort of plateaued and, and didn't, you know, wasn't able to really keep that up through the entirety of his career, but had a really, you know, strong start to his, his career in Chicago. And then mock draftables is Kevin Dodd, the basically the bust second round edge rusher out of Clemson. He kind of has that same build. And again, I'm not necessarily saying that they're going to turn out the same way, but athletically, if you want to look at him in the interior, Penry Melton's a good example. On the exterior, is kind of a bigger edge rusher. Kevin Dodd is a good example of that. I think athletically, they're, they're very similar players in that regard. From a PFF standpoint, in 2019, in limited snaps, he had a 70.0 grade. In 2020, he came back with a 68.6 grade. In 2021, his best season per PFF with an 80.2 grade. And in 2022, a 72.1 grade. And let's just say here before we get into uh, my positives and minuses and you know sort of his full scouting report, we always talk about in the first round, right? What does Green Bay look for? Premium position players, you know, usually a, a big program, you know, uh, high end athleticism, younger players. We always talk about that in the first round. It's not like Green Bay gets to the second, third, fourth, fifth round and is like, ah, we don't really care about any of that stuff anymore. They might lessen some of their thresholds a little bit from time to time, but they still want the same type of player. And he is exactly that type of player, right? SEC premium position defensive line, only 22 years old, an extremely high-end athlete. And you know, Green Bay always loves versatility as well. We'll get to that more in just a moment, but he has great versatility along the defensive line. So, or defensive front, I should say. So this is a very classic Green Bay Packers pick and evaluation. Whether that turns out or not will remain to be seen. And we're going to go over some of his pluses and minuses on tape in just a second. But let's not forget, these are the type of players that Green Bay loves. Probably should have had him on my, you know, most likely to be drafted board in hindsight, but this is very, very much a Green Bay Packers-esque selection. And the last thing I'll say here before I get into my eval is this was a very difficult eval in general, just for me. I'll just say it for me. Like you have a player that clearly has some athleticism that played out of position a lot as sort of a bigger, almost like elephant type edge rusher. He's, he's just used as a three, four outside linebacker, but they played him as some like kind of like four, three end. They played him on the inside, kind of played him all over the place. It's kind of got like an interesting, like, you know, body structure and how he's set up. And it's really tough to sort of project and put yourself into like, all right, how does he fit in the next level? What is he going to be? What is he going to do? We're still going to get into all the positives and minuses, but some evals for me, like Musgrave, 
Dave and Jaden Reed were really, really easy evals. That doesn't mean they're great. And that doesn't mean they're going to turn out amazing. And just because it was a tough eval for Wooden, it doesn't mean that he's going to be bad or poor, you know, a poor player or anything like that. But this was definitely a much tougher eval where you really had to dig into the tape even more, watch with a level of detail, just sort of pick on up on some of the nuances a little bit more, but a very interesting sort of player and how they used him and how he, you know, is, is going to project to the NFL. Definitely, like I said, a, a different layer of evaluation here for Wooden than I've seen um, really in almost any evals that I've done, but certainly for the four Packers that have broken down already this offseason. From a positive standpoint, there's certainly some positives to take away here. He has a really good first step. I like how he gets off the line of scrimmage and that athleticism that we've been talking about, the 40-yard dash, the explosive traits, the 10-yard split was really good. All of that shows up. And I talked yesterday you know, with uh, about Tucker Craft a little bit more and how he hit, sort of had a little bit of like a delayed first step. That's not the, the the case at all with Colby Wooden. He has a very quick first step and has the ability to get off the line of scrimmage and make that first contact with the offensive lineman. So you love to see that. And the other thing that he has from a athletic standpoint is that ability to move laterally. So I'm not going to say that it's like your, your Aaron Donald-esque ability to move laterally, but I don't think it would be like that far off from like a Zedarius Smith where he has that first step, like let's say he's like lined up over center and then he can get in that other gap and maybe do an arm over move or, you know, use a, you know, that, that quick first step and that, you know, that ability to move laterally to his advantage. I think that's very similar to what we see here from that ability to move laterally. So, you know, what I'm talking about here is he might be lined up in one gap and then he's going to get up and immediately get to that other gap. And again, by the time the offensive lineman gets his head up and is realizing what's going on, the defender that he's supposed to block is in an, you know, an entirely different gap. And it can give the defensive lineman a leg up in that situation, just kind of catching the player off guard from time to time. So I like his ability to move laterally. And as mentioned earlier, he does have some versatility as well. This is a player that you know lined up a ton on the edge in college kicked inside as a situational pass rusher, also was used inside sometimes as a run defender. So they use him kind of all over the place. And I think primarily he's going to be a sub defender in like pass rush situations on the interior. I think he could be used a little bit as a three, four end. I think they could use him a little bit as a stand-up outside linebacker on rundown specifically. If they wanted a little bit of a bigger body to sort of set an edge. I think they could use that as well. So I do think he is going to bring some versatility to the table. Although I do think they are going to focus him in a little bit more on that defensive line, defensive tackle position, rather than you know probably throwing a bunch on him from day one and probably not a ton of need to kind of keep him as a outside edge rusher. So expect him to be a little bit more of an interior player, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have the versatility to do some things if you wanted to use him in that capacity. I, I love the fact that he continues to work as a pass rusher. He shows good effort. He rallies to the football and he's constantly looking for things that he can do. Um, you know, even when he's blocked initially, he's constantly working his way and trying to figure out, you know, what he can do to kind of keep the play alive from his side of things and still try to make an impact on the play. So the effort is good. Like I said, he rallies to the football. Those are all things that you want to see on tape and are really important at the NFL level. Uh, Green Bay's had some issues at times with players all playing on the same page and rallying to the football and getting that, like, like that's not an issue with with Wooden. Um, he is absolutely a player that continues to work through the whistle. As far as like a move set, you know, he showed a few different moves on tape. Had a bull rush, like he loves going bull rush. Like if he had his way, he would go through the player in front of him. And we're going to talk about some of the issues he's had with that, but that's what he wants to do. He wants to go through the player. He wants to collapse the pocket. He wants to take that player with him. Like he wants to get that player and just you know, rush him right back into the quarterback. That's his sort of go-to. Um, but we did see an arm over move. We saw a push pull on tape. 
And then we saw a, a sidestep, like I said, that lateral agility, even saw a spin move one time. So he's got a couple of different things in his arsenal. And the issue is ultimately that he doesn't really know how to stack those moves yet, but this is all a progression, right? He's still a young player. And the fact that he has some of those you know, tools in his toolbox, I think is overall still a positive here. He has good balance. He's rarely on the ground. Sometimes with a double team, he'll get, you know, you know, thrown to the ground a little bit, but overall, especially in one-on-one situations, you rarely see him taken out of the play or get thrown to the ground. I think he's ultimately at his best when he's playing with violence. He's got strong hands. He's got a little bit of that, like I said, bull rush mentality. He wants to come right at you, but when he is playing with pure violence and using those violent hands, that's when you start to see some really good things happen. One of the things that I, I did a, a quick little Twitter breakdown, a video that I, I captured of like, you watch him and over and over, he's bull rushing, he's bull rushing, he's bull rushing. He wants to go through that player. And I literally had in my notes of, I would love to see a push pull from that. I want to see him be violent and like attack him and then pull him and rip him back and get up the field. And lo and behold, you know, maybe like 10 snaps later after I wrote it down in my notes, what does he do? Bulls rush and, you know, you know, uses his bull rush, gets in front of him, stacks that player and then rips him back, sheds him and gets up the field and gets a pressure on the quarterback. But it was a violent play, came at him fast, used violent hands, shed him, got him to the ground, exploded upfield. That's what I want to see. If he can cultivate that and do that on, you know, more often, now we're cooking with gas. Now that's a player that can be super impactful from the interior of the defensive line. So you see flashes of those things. You need to see it with a little bit more consistency, which we're going to talk about. But I love when he plays with that violence, with violent hands, and uses that at his, at, you know, his disposal. When he does that, he is a, you know, has the potential to be the potential to be a very good player in the NFL. He has very active hands. They need to be better. They need to more, be more sound. They need to be more consistent, but he has very active hands. And as I mentioned, when they are violent and when they are quick, that's when he's at his best. And that's when he has a real opportunity to succeed. One of the other things that I love is that he has great vision in the backfield. I posted another video here as well. There's a play on tape. It was from 2021 against Ole Miss. And they're running a read option in the backfield with the running back. And what he does is he gets up out of his stance and he gets on the offensive guard right away. And the first thing he does, the first thing he does is he kind of maneuvers and he gets his eyes up, he gets his eyes right on the running back and the quarterback and is able to see that read. The best thing about that, that's like good in and of itself. All right. He's getting out of his stance. He's engaging. He's getting his hands on the offensive lineman, getting his eyes up and seeing what's going to happen. Like we could stop right there. And that's a very good sign for a college defensive lineman. That's great. That's a really good thing. But What's even better is he gets his eyes up. He's got his hands on the offensive lineman. He's just dominating this offensive lineman without even looking at the guy. Without even looking at the guy, he's dominating this guy. They hand it to the running back. He sheds the guy, like basically throws him back without looking. I want to say this one more time, without even looking at him. So he's using just feel at this point. Eyes up on the, you know, the read option, what's going on. Oh, they handed it to the running back. See you later, dude. Up the field, makes a tackle for the loss. So not only eyes up, vision on the ball, but manipulating the offensive guard, getting his hands inside, manipulating the guard, you know, seeing what he needs to do on the play, then recognizing it's a handoff, shedding the block, throwing that guy to the side, and then not just waiting for the running back to come to him, but exploding up the field and going and making a play in the backfield for a tackle for loss on a running back. Those are the flashes that you see that are really, really exciting and give you hope that this could be a player that really develops. 
Um, he did show on a play that I watched that he could drop into coverage a little bit. He's got pretty good athletic, like we talked about the athleticism always, but um, at 270 plus dropping into space, somebody that's going to be a defensive tackle. I was pretty impressed at what he was able to do in space. Now he only had 16 career snaps in coverage. So it's not like he's a well-rounded player who can drop in coverage a ton, but when he did get back, he dropped with pretty good fluidity and something that I think in a pinch, if you wanted to drop somebody from the defensive tackle position, maybe to watch a screen pass or maybe just get into a passing lane a la BJ Raji, I think he has the ability certainly to do that from the defensive tackle position. Uh, he blocked a field goal. So more Rich Passaccia special here with somebody that was able to come up with a big play on special teams. Um, started every game over the past three seasons with no injury issues. So he's been very dependable and reliable. Per Dane Brugler in his draft guide, he said that all the coaches spoke incredibly high of Wooden and that he has very good character both on the field and off the field and has great work ethic as well. And you see that work ethic on the field. So he's got that intangible to him. And as I mentioned sort of throughout this, there are some very juicy things on tape that you see from him, whether it's getting his eyes in the backfield, shedding a block and going to make a play, you know, whether it is him uh, being able to explode into the backfield, use that quick first step. Like, you know, there's a, a variety of plays where he gets, you know, pressure from the edge, pressure from the interior. Like there are some, like I said, some very juicy things that you're able to see that really whet your appetite and be like, man, there, there could very well be something here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So those are the positives. That being said, on the negative side of things, a lot of those things that I mentioned in the positives were flashes. They were in moments, the eyes up on the field, shedding the block and going to make the play in the backfield. Those were things that you saw in the moment, the the very violent hands and him using the push pull to rip the guy and get into the backfield. Those were flashes. You didn't see a lot of consistency on tape. You saw the potential there. That's not unimportant. Like a lot of times when you're evaluating a player, you want to see that he can do it. All right. He's not doing it consistently yet. And he's still struggling in some areas, but I have seen him do it. And that's a huge part of the battle. 
Now, a lot of times he, oh, so we know he can do it. Now it's just repetition in practice. All right. Can he do it over and over and over again? Can the game slow down for him? Can he use it more often? Like those are the sort of things, but the fact that he can do a lot of that stuff is a very good sign. But in college, it came in flashes. And a lot of times those flashes were few and far between. And if I'm being totally honest, this is just me personally, my evaluation. I didn't think the tape was very good. It let me you know, wanting a lot more. Like that's like, that's at the end of the day. And I wouldn't be like, if I came to you guys with every single one of these prospects and we're just like, all right, Jaden Reed, love him. All right. Lucas Van Ness, love him. Luke Musgrave, love him. You know, Tucker Craft, love him. And like, I love all of these guys. They're all amazing. They're all going to be, you know, Pro Bowl players. I really wouldn't be doing my job, right? I, I want to give you guys the best look possible. And I want to be clear here too. Just because I love Jaden Reed's tape and I think he has a lot of upside and shows everything that he can do as a wide receiver doesn't necessarily mean it's going to equate to success in the NFL. That's why projection on this is so hard. And I can see some of the projection here with Wooden. I really, really can, but I'm watching the tape and I'm just constantly left wanting more. And I didn't think there were a lot of times where he used a lot of good technique. And here's ultimately what it was is for me, you watch him on tape and it's a lot of the same sort of thing over and over without really trying a lot of things new. It's him getting up on the offensive player in front of him, the guard, the tackle, he's, you know, whoever he's going against and just trying to go through them. And then a lot of times, maybe he gets that player a step or two back into the quarterback and then that's it. And it's not that he's like getting dominated or that he's ending up on the ground or that he's losing a ton of battles. It's just, he's going up, facing the offensive lineman, doesn't really ever get off that block, maybe gets him a couple yards into the backfield, but not really enough to make the quarterback super uncomfortable. You know, it's just, he's just kind of there on a lot of plays. And like, that's where I'm saying, like, I just kept wanting a little bit more. Can you get up there and maybe force him back? And then, like I said, try a little bit more of that push-pull move a little bit more often. Like try to do something different. Can we, can we work out some sort of plan that once we get on that offensive tackle or offensive guard or center, whoever we're going against, and we make that first push, now, if we just get there and they win that first, you know, part of that battle, like what, what can we do to disengage? What can we do that's different? What can we do to spice things up a little bit? That's where, again, I was just left wanting a little bit more. And I thought he struggled at times against the run. Uh, you know, when he's on the edge, a lot of times he's just getting looped around the bend. So like the offensive tackle is just basically staying between him and the quarterback, just rotating. And he's just going right around and the quarterback can just step up in the pocket is never any threat whatsoever. Like those are the sort of things that just kind of consistently happen on tape. And like I said, I just kept wanting more over and over and over. Um, he's going to have to learn how to better disengage from blockers. And what happens is, like I said, he'll come up, he'll try to bull rush the guy and the, the offensive lineman will anchor. And then it's a lot of nothing. And like I said, he has the effort, he has the intensity, he wants to play well, but he just doesn't have anything to really just like disengage from that block and go make a play more often than not. And that's where I just, I want to see him start attacking with violent hands. I want to see him play with a little bit more intensity and I want to see him start shedding some of those blocks. If that stuff starts to happen, those things that we see in flashes happens with a little bit more consistency. Now we've got a player who can make a much bigger impact, but a lot of times it's 20 plays over and over of like the same sort of thing, no real impact. And then maybe a flash play here or there. That's where we need to see that start, you know, start going in a better direction and start making a little bit more impact a little bit more often in the game. 
He has to figure out a pass rush plan. As I mentioned, he's got some moves at his disposal. He has no idea when to utilize them or why to utilize them. It's just sort of like a free-for-all and you might as well be like picking a random move out of a bag. He's like, ah, spin move. All right, I'm going to try that one this time. And sometimes it's not the worst thing in the world to throw a couple different things at players, but he needs to figure out when to do the move, how to do the move, you know, what the right, you know, situation for it is like all of those sort of things. So I think that's where his pass rush plan just needs to improve. He needs to stack moves a little bit better. His cadence needs to be better. Those are all things that he needs to improve as a pass rusher overall. Needs to do a much better job of maintaining his gap and run defense. He can completely get moved out of his gap at times. Sometimes he will take himself out of the gap, which is going to have to be something that he improves at the NFL level. And as mentioned, he will struggle to hold up against double teams, even at certain times against double teams that are two tight ends. I saw a couple of plays where he's blocked out of the play by two tight ends. Those are ones you have to hold up at the point of attack. Now, there are other plays where he's double teamed by two offensive linemen and he holds up. That's just sort of the inconsistency that we see. That's why he's a fourth round pick, guys. It's not because he doesn't have the talent. He certainly does. He's a high-end, athletic, talented football player. Just sometimes the tape is inconsistent and that's where it's like, all right, there's a lot of tape that's just not very good. We see the flashes that are really good. We know the athleticism's there. It's like just trying to weigh everything out. And I think the fourth round is is probably the right value for this guy. I don't mind the pick in the fourth round. It's just, there's a lot that needs to be worked on. And I think there's a lot that's still a projection here. As mentioned, he gets looped around the edge far too often. There's a lot of missed tackles on tape. That's something that he needs to get cleaned up. I thought he got basically completely owned by Alabama in the last game of his career. I always love watching the last game because it's kind of like, all right, he's learned everything he can in college up to this point. What did he do in his last game? What did he do in his final hurrah? And I thought he got basically completely owned by Alabama in that game. Got mauled on the inside by the interior offensive lineman. Got worked around the bend uh, by the offensive tackles. Just was really struggling to make an impact or get a foothold in that game. I thought, like I said, Alabama dominated him overall. And then, um, like I said, he you know is basically some level of projection, right? This is a player that's probably going to need to put on some weight, is going to need to move full-time into a defensive lineman position, and there's some projection that comes with that. It's great that he was an athletic freak at 270-some pounds, but if all of a sudden he needs to be 290, does he still have that same foot quickness? Does he still have that same agility? Does he still have that ability to move side to side and have that lateral mobility? Like what happens when he puts on an additional 15, 20 pounds potentially? So that's going to be a little bit of projection for him as well. Sort of my final thought. Well, let me get to what he will bring to Green Bay first, because I do think he does have the ability to be a rotational player for Green Bay. I think he's probably going to be better on passing downs than rundowns to begin with. I think you probably use him in some of those obvious passing situations. Probably look at playing him maybe 10, 15 snaps a game as a rotational player. I think you could also stand him up as a edge in some obvious run situations as a edge setter. He's played that position in college. I think that'll carry over to the NFL. So I do think as a rotational player, he has some certain value there, even from day one. And you can kind of use him in a variety of different ways if you really want to or need to. So I think that's what he can bring to Green Bay year one. My overarching take on this, my final thoughts is a fourth round player with untapped potential and upside. It is very, very clear that the talent and the upside is there and it just is waiting to be brought out. And I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment of him. The flashes can be incredibly fun and it can, it gives you a vision of what he could become in the NFL. I think there's a ways to go. I think he has a lot of cleaning up on some of the technique and just learning the more nuances of the position, but you can see the flashes that he can do some of this stuff, even playing in the SEC. And if I were Jerry Montgomery, even though for me personally, didn't love the tape, 
think the fourth round might be a little bit rich. Not my favorite player that I've seen them draft. All of those things, that's fine. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really mean a whole heck of a lot. I'm not the BL end all. That's not, you know, I'm not going to kid myself, right? There's people smarter than me that are evaluating these players at 1265. And I will be very happy if they got it right and I got it wrong. No question about it. But even with that being said, even though I didn't, I didn't love the tape, even though I wasn't jumping off the page excited with that Green Bay drafted him, et cetera. And especially after rewatching him, I think there's a lot to work on. If I were Jerry Montgomery, the defensive line coach, I'd be like, hell yeah, give me that guy. Like I, I see enough there that I want to work with them and I think I can get that untapped potential out of them. So if I, like I said, if I were Jerry Montgomery, I'd be pretty excited about getting this guy in the room because we've seen some of the things that he can do and those things are not too shabby. Like there, there's some impressive stuff that he can do on tape. So that's not nothing. And like I said, if I were Jerry Montgomery, I'd be excited to work with him. When he's playing with violence, he can be very special. And that's what I want to see a little bit more out of him at the NFL level. I think ultimately the other thing too is he's going to move inside. He's going to add strength. He's going to probably put on a little bit of weight. And for maybe the first time, he's going to be able to finally sort of specialize in something. He was moved, you know, moved to the outside as a sort of more of an edge rusher. He got moved inside. He kind of got moved all over the place. I think for the first time, Green Bay is going to say, screw all that. You're a defensive tackle. Go put on some functional strength. We're going to use you inside primarily as a pass rusher. And I think the other thing here too is he's not going to have to play 50 snaps a game. If you can narrow that down to the 10 or 15 snaps and kind of give him a role and a responsibility within those 10 to 15 snaps, I think you've got a player that can help you in year one. And I think you're going to see a little, maybe a little bit more of those flashes come out knowing that, all right, he doesn't have to play 50, 60 snaps a game. He can kind of be in that more sweet spot as a rotational defensive lineman that can come in, give the starters a rest, and maybe give that defense still a little bit of juice from the interior as a pass rusher. So as I said, not my favorite pick, but I can see the vision. It's a classic upside play by Green Bay. And I'll end with this one final thought. The tape left some to be desired. I don't think there's anything to, like, that just is what it is. But when I get to the end of the evaluation, when I get through all of it, yes, I would have loved for the tape to be way better. If it would have been, he's a first round pick, right? Like he's, that just is what it is. If he was phenomenal on tape, Green Bay is not getting them in the fourth round. But when I look at everything through all of my notes, I kind of start going through this. All right. Is he an insane athlete? Yes. Is he still very young? 22 years old? Doesn't turn 23 until December? Yes. Is he a hard worker? Yes. Does he have good character per Dane Brugler? All his coaches check out and, and say he's a great football character, a great off-field character? Yes. Does he have production in, at Auburn? Yes. Does he have some highlight level flash plays? Yes. Okay. So like, I know that I wanted a little bit more and I want a little bit more consistency. This is a high-end athlete who's young, who's a hard worker, who's got great character, who has production, who played in the SEC and has some highlight level flash plays. That's not too shabby for a fourth round pick. Is it a little bit of a projection? Yes. Do you want to see a little bit more consistency? Yes. But now the final question is, can he just put everything together? If he can do that and he can come, you know, become a little bit more consistent and especially as he starts his career as a rotational player. Can you do that for 10, 15 snaps a game? All right, great. You showed that. Now can you do it for 20 and then 30 and then 50? And then all of a sudden, maybe he can develop into a starter for Green Bay. I like the potential. I like the upside. Didn't love the tape. I think there's still some things that he's going to really have to work on, but I understand the pick in the fourth round. And listen, this is a very you know normal 
trajectory as we go through these picks. As I talk through the first, second, third round guys, there's going to be a lot of excitement. As we get through day three, like, yeah, the talent's not going to jump quite off the page as it did in the earlier rounds. It's just a normal progression of a draft, right? Not everyone's going to be a top 15 player, but there's some, there's a lot of good things to take away. It just needs to put a little bit more consistency to it, become a true pro at the position. And sometimes it just comes with time. And the fact that he has the character and the work ethic is a really great place to start, not to mention the extremely high-end athleticism. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks so much for joining me. Always appreciate it. We'll be right back here all new tomorrow with a brand new episode. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.